0: Hey there. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Jack Eason podcast. We are talking about the issues of loneliness, isolation, and how to overcome them with true friendship and community. For more information on these and other issues, check out Jack's website at jackeason.org. Now, here's Jack.
1: Thank you for tuning in today. It's Jack Eason here, and I am here with uh, a really great guest today, Rashawn Copeland. Uh, he is the host of Scriptures and Stories podcast. He is the author of a new book, Start Where You Are, which is coming out uh, later this year on uh, Baker Books. He's a storyteller, many of you maybe have seen him online through videos, through teaching, uh, talking about maybe authenticity or the power of relationships. Uh, this guy's got a huge uh, audience, diverse audience. I mean, uh, millions following uh, you on uh, on your I'm So Blessed daily uh, what you do on Facebook, and, of course, hundreds of thousands on Instagram, uh, as well as all of your social media. Man, it's awesome. Uh, you're a husband, father, speaker, author, business leader, doing a lot, and uh, we're privileged to hang out with you a little bit today. We're going to jump right into it because I know you're a busy guy and uh, just talk about this whole issue of loneliness, which you have a lot of insight on too. Um, but now um, I think a friend of mine, one of my younger uh, younger folks, uh, <laughs> younger than me, uh, said, uh, was it at Passion maybe he saw you one year?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I was there uh, two years ago. Okay. Probably 2018, had a phenomenal time. Yeah. That was really good.
1: That's awesome. You know,
0: Louis Giglio and the team out there, they're doing amazing things. They are, yeah,
1: yeah they, are. they are. So how did you get connected with uh, traveling, speaking, just just ministry in ge- in general what what was that transformation point that catapulted you into into all this work that you do
0: well so one uh, one big thing you know where I started I I would say I started off at very humble beginnings you know after my conversion to Christ I pretty much left a life uh that was you know I mean I was at, riding the wave of social media fame basically mm. out in Los Angeles I was a hype man for Uh, A big time artist named Soldier Boy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm out there in, you know, L.A. sort of living this quote unquote life, you know, of fame and had money and then had a house in the Valley. You would think that that amount of influence and prestige would have fulfilled me, but unbeknown to me, I hit like the most devastating point in my life because it was just also vain, so empty. But what ends up happening, you know, after I give my life to Christ. Um, and I moved back to Oklahoma City, I got planted in a church, and I remember being so passionate at that moment about just, you know, sharing Jesus, sharing what I experienced, you know, in and, you know, through the gospel, and I, I just remember running up to my pastor saying, I want to preach, I want to preach, and he looks at me, and he say, basically, he didn't say anything. He walked away, he grabbed the room, and he says, start out preaching to the tree, out there and then it was, it was really crazy, and so I had to start off like really, you know, serving, putting you know, getting rooted and grounded, uh, and really starting with those humble beginnings before I even got an offer to go preach anywhere. The Lord was basically, you know, growing me and cultivating me, yeah, in a community that was strong and you know, uh, people who love Jesus and affirmed me in the truth of his word over the years and stuff. But I, needless to say I did get my first big speaking opportunity was a conference actually it was in Greenville mm. uh out in South Carolina where you live buddy and Jack yeah I had a great time when I went out there but let me tell you I was so scared walking up to that stage that night <laughs> <laughs> you know because I was just so young and I was sort of all into my self and like I was watching a lot of you know celebrity preachers and I didn't I just didn't know I didn't have anybody really training me on like you can completely depend on God like mm. nobody I mean yeah like it was just tough at that time I was all in my head and all about me and start instead of you know really depending fully on God to use me
1: but yeah did, so did, now did you start out speaking or, or doing the music thing because I know you got I know you got a music background too right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So
0: for sure, for sure, started out uh, with the music. I was a hype man where basically I would go on stage and I would, you know, MC and sort of, you know, pump up the crowd for that, the, the artist to come out. And that was a really fun time. And it sort of exposed me to like, you know, what does it really look like, you know, to have that stage life where you're, you know, in front of people, basically pleasing our audience and mm-hmm. different things like that. But it wasn't until later, um, as I began to, you know, really dig deep in, you know, the military as an army officer, they specifically trained me up in the speaking avenue on what it's like to address, you know, you know, different soldiers and, you know, companies and squadrons, different things like that, where I had to speak in to groups. And that sort of was like my first little venture into public speaking. And then God sort of like took over. That's when I got (laughs) passionate. about you know speaking when god began to you know lay his holy spirit in me and, uh, mm. and yeah he changed my life and i got to share my testimony and that was fun times
1: that's awesome now, now you're you can't you did you come from a military family am i remembering correctly i've i read a few things is that uh, is that the connection yeah. to the military now
0: yes sir so my my dad was actually uh a coast guard um and he served in there for 20 years he retired but uh, I was raised in Miami, Florida. I literally spent most of my years on military bases and essentially what, what, what we would do was travel every three years I would be in a new city like because because of the military, and I really didn't know how you know a real relationship looked like, you know, as far as with friends, because I knew I couldn't give too many people access to my heart because I would always have to leave. And yeah. it w- I just lived like that, and I lived out of fear, and I lived out of, like, this is not even worth, you know, digging close relationships. I'm just focused on sports and football. Mm. So I lived a life like that. It was really unhealthy for a lot of years where I was kind of isolated, no community-style uh, thing. And that's why I love how you stand for community, brother, and, you know, with HeartShare and how you guys are always looking to cultivate stronger communities of faith. So. Thank you for all you guys do. Well,
1: man, we're, we're just a blessing. You know, when I started working, and we'll talk about my book some other time, but when I started working on it, the short version is uh, I really wanted to talk about community, yeah. but I discovered even though we all have our devices and we look like we're connected, uh, we're, yes. we, we might be, but we're really not. And you, you see this a lot with your, your ministry. Why do you think— I mean, obviously, smartphones could be a part of it or social media. I think it's bigger than that. But given your experience, why are we uh, are you seeing loneliness out there among the culture, especially millennial and Gen Z? I mean, that's a lot of the age group that you work with. What are you seeing?
0: Certainly, certainly, Jack. So one thing, as you might have heard it, we're the most connected generation, but yet The most disconnected, Mm. you know, the social media thing, I feel I love it as much as I love it, as much as connections I've made. I mean, I've met people across the street and all the way overseas through social media, like literally face to face. And one thing that I can say is that the tool of social media will never replace the actual, you know, the beauty of just being really connected mm-hmm. in the in the flesh, physically, like mm-hmm. it would never, you know, it would never be able to, you know, really satisfy that longing for true intimacy, true partnership that we all have in our in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think we're built to be together, and that's what I want to encourage someone maybe that's listening now. Yeah, don't get so caught up by it. Maybe it's a millennial or a Gen Z. Don't get so caught up on your cell phone, you know. Uh, you know, that you miss the people who are right there in that moment mm. be present. Yeah. So yeah, that's I've been learning how important it is. And it, like, here's where it really hit me, uh, Jack, when I was sitting at um it was a couple weeks ago, I was sitting here in my actually in my living room and I had just come home from work. Of course I walked through the door. Uh, I'm sort of trying to get out the uh, the the work mindset. I try to put on the dad hat, the husband hat, and I'm I'm walking up into the living room, and all of a sudden I get a phone call out of nowhere. And as I get this phone call, I'm talking to a guy about some work stuff, and you know, sort of you know, a tougher day trying to navigate through different things, dealing with work, and I, so I sit down and immediately after the phone call, I jumped into my email to finish this last piece of work. But here's what really hit me. What hit me was my two-year-old son was jerking on my pants, trying to get my attention, mm. like for almost like three minutes. And then my wife had to look at him and say, "Look at your son." And then that really, man, it broke my heart. And mm. like I literally wanted to toss my phone at the wall through. <laughs> but uh, it was amazing how you know, you know, God just opened my eyes to that. Like, dude, you gotta. Hey, get focused, get focused on back on what's the priority, mm. what you truly should be pursuing and have boundaries, you know, yeah. boundaries when it's time to clock out, clock out.
1: Yeah. yeah. What, why do you, why do you think are mm-hmm. uh, beyond social media and things like that? Is there something uh, again, and not, not that it's exclusively for Gen Z or millennials. I think all of us deal with this. My age group deals with it. What, what prevents us from from uh thinking about or even um engaging in community are, are there mm. some obstacles that keep us from doing that like I have a young uh college guy friend of mine and he's like ah no I've been there done that I don't really need especially faith community I don't really need faith community what do I need the church for and I'm like man yeah. the church might need you that's what community is all about but so oh that's so good but there, but there's some things I think that we all uh generally around the public there's there's got to be some things that keep us from from thinking about it, what, what your uh, your experience? What are you seeing that makes people go, "Nah, I'm not. I don't really need that."
0: I love. See, it's right there in what you just said, brother. I think it's that I, that Iism, like mm. I don't need it. And we, I think it's that aspect of you know, I'm I'm too good for community, or yet I'm not good enough. Either way, I think it's the pride in it, the pride of you know hey, I'm too, you know, basically I'm too good for community. I don't need Mm. any community right now. Even though we're really longing for someone to connect to and share and be known, we're longing for that. And then on the other end, it's just like, is my life too messy for a community? Like Mm. I really need it, but I just feel like I won't be accepted. Maybe it was church hurt in the past. Maybe it was something I had to walk through. And now I'm isolated. And that's the number one thing I feel our enemy wants to do. He wants to separate us. You know, the wolf wants to separate the sheep from mm. the shepherd and from the rest of the flock. And the moment we f- find ourselves separating ourselves from the pack, I mean, it's either depression, oppression, mm. depressing, suppression, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But it's going to be tough. You won't. You can't do life alone and life alone. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, you and I, obviously, we we know the benefits of of doing life in community and especially faith community, what, what for you personally, what would you suggest or say to somebody who's kind of wondering about this whole issue of community that, um so, or some advantages and benefits you've experienced by being a part of community, especially faith community?
0: Well, I would say one, I can get around uh people and friends and uh brothers and sisters in Christ who, one, I will receive the acceptance that I'm looking for. Like I can fully I uh, say that if it wasn't for the men in my life to, you know, hold me accountable for mm. the things, you know, sort of I've been walking through and truthfully in love, you know, speaking to my life, hey, dude, you need to, you know, get yourself together <laughs> in marriage or you need to line out, you know, some of these things that you've been trying to, you know, sort of sort of hide and trying to turn a blind eye to. If I didn't have men to speak into me that way, um I couldn't see my life flourishing. I mm. feel like a part of abiding in Christ is abide abiding in the church, abiding mm-hmm. in his his body. We're all one and we meet we need to be a part of a of a group, uh regardless of what we feel. And uh so I would encourage people if you're listening right now, is that if you ever want to live a life that flourishes, you have to yeah, be surrounded by you know, people who are going to build you up and encourage you in, in truth and speak that over you. Not just tell you what you want to hear, mm. but tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. Um, one thing, here's real, real quick, Jack. One thing that I remember, even in my past before coming to Christ. Now, I used to always have community. I used to always be around people. Not necessarily that were good. And here's the thing. It took me back to Psalms, like Psalms 1, where it says, Blessed are those who do not walk in step with the wicked, sin company where mockers take our go the way that sinners take. But blessed are those who delight themselves in the law of the Lord, for then they will be prosperous. They'll flourish wherever they go. And 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 I think it's just so important for us, yeah, to be in community that's renewing their mind in the word of God and truth. That mm. changes everything. Yeah,
1: yeah. you know, you, you mentioned something just a second ago, um, too, that goes along with that, which is sometimes we feel like our our uh, life is too messy. Yes, and, uh, and, yes. and that's uh, you, your book. Uh, you have a book coming out in September called start where you are, uh, yeah. which I, I, I want po- folks to go online and find it and get it because um uh, well, the, the, uh, the subtitle is how God meets you in your mess, loves you through it and leads you out of it. And, yes. and, and that may be, you know, your book is, is maybe a good lead in uh, for even how can you deal with loneliness till you actually start where you are. What did you discover in, in the process of writing this book, especially when you think about people's lives being messy? Because that's very true.
0: So true. So true. And uh, here's the thing. Like years ago, I was always trying to figure out, like, what, what can I do with this mess? And like, I always struggle with trying to, you know, navigate through life, knowing that there was things in me that just weren't right. Um, all of us, we hit this stage where we're like going through a season spiritual dryness. And what I figured out, like, that's the pivotal mo- moments in our life is when we're going through these times, because it's, 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 the question is whether or not we're going to emerge from that crisis with our faith intact, or whether we're going to go back into, you know, the mess or, and I, I've discovered like God's mercy helps us move beyond the mess. Like he meets us in our mess. He loves us through it. And he joyfully leads us out of it. And I think that's so important for each and every one of us to get, that our mess isn't too messy for God. And uh, we can start with anxiety. We can start with depression. We can start with all that stuff, shame, guilt, pride, jealousy, lust, Mm -hmm. whatever it is and God will take us where we need to be. One of the biggest things, I shared this story in my book, but one of the biggest things I learned, like a lesson God taught me, was when I was with my son, I was a college athlete at the University of Kansas. Then I transferred and I went to a UCO, uh, University of Central Oklahoma. And as I'm playing ball here, one uh, week I was like kind of hurt, I wasn't able to play, so I brought my son to the, the ball game. And we're sitting in the stands, and it was a hot day. I mean, my nose hairs were singeing. It was hotter <laughs> than the track meet at Mozambique. It was crazy. <laughs> but what I end up doing is I end up telling my son just to stay here. My brother was sitting right next to him. I run upstairs, and I go and buy us ices, like really cold ICs. And I'm headed back downstairs, and I'm looking at my son. He has a big thing of dirt in his mouth, like, like he's playing with, in the dirt. In the stands, and as I'm running this icy back to him, I had to set down, set down with the icy, grab my son. And I s- got upset with my brother, kind of yelled at him for not watching my son right. But I ran my son back upstairs and I washed out his mouth, washed out his face, and brought him back downstairs and got gave him his icy. But I tell that story to say like. Oftentimes we choose to settle for less than God's best mm-hmm. in our lives. You know, and that dirt we typically play in, you know, we have a good father who is love, uh, who wants to, you know, clean us up, you know, but not clean us up, you know, by our own power. But he wants to, you know, give us the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ, who already washed away the sins of the world when we ad- admit, acknowledge our mess and we give it to him so he can clean us up. But yeah, I tell that story all the time because I had something that I desired to give my son, but he settled for dirt. <laughs> like you know, what I'm saying? something so sweet and good. But
1: yeah. Hey, I bet I bet it was hot. And I've been in Mozambique in the in the heat, and it yeah, it, it, it's hot. Is it hot. It is hot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What 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 is it about this this mess uh, though that um. How do we, for you, how do you, how do you tell someone to, uh, to get out of it? Sometimes we just get so overwhelmed mm-hmm. by our stuff and our junk that the light bulb has to go on somehow, obviously the Holy spirit for those who are people of faith that plays a role, but what was it for you? The illustration, you know, see, seeing your son was, was part of it. But, uh, I know yeah. just from reading your, your testimony, you've, you've overcome a lot to just, um. You know, choosing to rejoice and start seeing yourself as God sees you. What was it a certain thing or was it just a process? Was it a lot of things that helped that
0: happen? That's a great question, Jack. Um, So I would say one thing that opened my eyes was whenever I acknowledged, acknowledged that, like, I'm truly broken. I've lied, I've cheated, I've stolen. I've done all these things against the heart of, the, you know, our God, our Father. And um, then the moment I was able, he gave me the power to just admit that and joyfully, like, sort of repent and say, I need your help. You know, I need a savior. That's whenever it opened in my heart to so much more possibility. One that you know, I started scriptures, like he demonstrated his love on us all while we're sinners. Like, I mean, at that moment, as I'm reading this, I'm a sinner. Wait, but Christ died for us? That opened up the eyes of my heart. Like, wow, like I can actually be in relationship with this sovereign, this good, this holy and loving God. But not only that, um, another thing that really helped me move out of the mess uh, was, uh, again, what we've t- been talking about, being around a strong group of believers who aren't afraid to be honest about not just my messy life, but their messy lives. And we talk about it, and it points us all right back to the cross, the author and the finisher of our faith. And that changes everything. And um. And I like I even go into it with my book. Like I was a guy who was shot down, left for dead one night my senior year in high school, and I'm bleeding, leaking, and no one's around. My football coaches weren't around. I mean, I was trying to please everybody, women. I was, you know, you know the high school girls and. Um, and just, I was literally so puffed up and prideful because I had many scholarships coming in University of Nebraska. I mean, I was just that guy you would look up to at the school, really popular, Mm. but needless to say, God humbled me one night by the grace of God, this happened. I see it as such a a beautiful thing now, but I'm, I'm, I'm laying on the ground being left for dead and this van peels out and. At this moment, no one's around. I mean, a family, nobody. And I'm crying out to God for the first time. I mean, my heart's beating out of my chest. I'm weaving in and out of consciousness. I'm literally about to lose my life. I mean, I can feel on a cold night, uh, I'm I'm laying in warm blood. Like, I mean, it's just so, it was a moment I never experienced. And at this time, I, I literally realized that at rock bottom, I realized who my rock was. Like I had no one else so i said god help me save me i just basically acknowledged this god that i heard about i knew of him but i didn't know him but needless to say he brings somebody i call this guy an angel uh out of a he was in a white pickup truck a pretty strong guy picks me up he throws me in his truck about 20 minutes later like dude i'm i'm like my life is almost over like it's crazy and he throws me into the hospital bed or, you know, the little gurney thing. And we we actually, um, uh, the nurses actually surround me. And uh, one of the nurses had, you know, the audacity, which I would see as a, such a blessing to just pray over me and speak. Uh, you know, you're going to be fine. But she also shared Jesus with me. But not only that, here here's what really blew my mind that night is my dad was a man's man. He was a man, a military man, you know, that that comrade, you know, you know, that type of guy who would never cry.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: this night he he comes to the hospital, tears leaking down his face as he walks through the door. And as I'm looking at him, I'm thinking like immediately, if this hurt my earthly father's heart, how much more did it hurt my heavenly father's heart to know that I'm living a life that isn't even me that I'm living a life that isn't even for him, out of my purpose, not knowing my identity, looking for security and everything but him, and living for acceptance. Those four things left me, you know, at a train wreck. And, you know, the, yeah, my body wrecked. Hmm. So, wow. And then he sort of awakened my spirit, you know, and— Quicking me for his purposes and will. But again, I drifted off a little bit after that. And my real, I would say conversion or, you know, when I came back from that prodigal child life was in LA after me soldier boy and being suicidal. So yeah,
1: well, wow. yeah. Wow.
0: yeah, bro. I would say, yeah, that community was huge. though.
1: If people want to get connected with you, uh, uh, through, through web or social media, just to stay in touch with you. And of course the book, uh, coming out okay. and after it comes out and it's around, what's the best way for them to, to, Keep up with all things, Rashawn.
0: Awesome, Jack. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Uh, I'll be humbled if you guys follow me on any social media network. You can, Rashawn Copeland, and also Scriptures and Stories Podcast, which I will be having Jack on. Woo, woo. Oh, woo, thank you, man. Be honored. And then, uh, again, you can uh, check out the website at rashawncopeland.me or com, And that's it, brother.
1: All right. That is awesome. I want to encourage our folks to, uh, again, check out this book. Uh, When it comes out, we'll send out uh, some information and updates. Start where you are, how God meets you in your mess, loves you through it. I love that part. And uh, leads you out of it. Amen. Man, that is good stuff.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Jack Eason Podcast. Be sure to check out the website for blogs, videos, and more help on the issues of loneliness, friendship, and community. To get
1: updates on the release of Jack's new book from Revel Publishing, sign up for an email alert at jackeason.org.